0: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network and thegorillaposition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk Powered by the Gorilla Position.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. So presented by the Hitting the Marks Processing Podcast Network. We're sponsored by Collar and Albow brand.com where you can get 10% off when using promo code JK Podcast at the checkout. And in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all of your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JK Podcast. Also, our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vapes. Sorry, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located right there in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, where uh, Carl is. Mention Turnbuckle Talk and get a discount on your vape juice and any hardware that they sell as well. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. And of course, you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe.
1: And I'm Carl Carafel. All
0: right, Carl. Another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling and... The biggest thing, at least on my radar and a lot of really diehard wrestling fans, is not really WWE this week. We're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling and the G1 Climax Tournament. Now, before we get into too many details here, what is your uh, overall opinion on the G1 Climax? Not not just this year, but just in general, the uh, the actual tournament itself over the years.
1: I mean the tournament over the years is is a fantastic thing. It always gives fans something to look forward to. New Japan Pro really seems to go out there and do these types of programs for their fans which really engages them and lets them have almost like a say in kind of what goes on. They really don't have any type of say, but they really engage and they make you feel like you're a part of it. Mm -hmm. It is just an amazing thing uh, going back from when when they first started all the way through. And even this year's, again, did not disappoint.
0: Yeah, and uh, this year especially, it's got some uh, in particular star power, which we'll get to. Now, the interesting thing with this tournament, as opposed to other tournaments, is that it takes place over the span of a month, and it's set up into two blocks. We have 20 competitors all together with 10 in each block and every competitor in each of those block faces everybody else in that particular block. So you get a really nice mix of matches that you have dreamed of seeing and maybe haven't or in some, some matchups that uh, wouldn't normally happen in a regular scenario. So you get a really nice mix of, uh, of, of, of matches here that are actually quite compelling and given some of the uh, newer talent, um, Namely, John Moxley, which we'll get to. Uh, you know, there's some uh, really interesting matchups set up for them. Now, just to kind of go through some of the upcoming stuff here. So, we've already done the the first night, which we'll we'll get to. We'll do a breakdown of that. But going down the list, of some particular matches that really stand out to me. Uh, one that is going to be probably best described as almost kind of like two cement blocks kind of coming together. You have Tomohiro Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. Um, that's going to be a, a pretty insane match. Uh, further down, we have uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. That is going to be something else. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta, which, uh, is a Hideo Tommy. For those of you maybe who aren't familiar, Will Ospreay versus Sonata. That is going to be, a uh, pretty amazing Lance Archer who, who we'll get to shortly versus Bad Luck Fale. I mean Jeff Cobb versus John Moxley. Um Evil e- there's going to be Evil versus Sonata cuz there's been some interesting hap- things happening there. Uh Zack Sabre Jr versus Will Ospreay. I mean just I mean I could go down this list and just hand pick so many matches that are just like dream match scenarios and just matches that are just going to be spectacular to watch. It's like they're, they're There's not really any kind of weak links here at all. No, (laughs) and that's that's something
1: that over the years, yeah, I mean, over the years, that's what New Japan Pro has given us. Mm -hmm. I mean, they go through, and not only do they take their world-class talent, but they take world-class talent from outside of New Japan Pro and bring them in for Mm -hmm. this as well, which is phenomenal for them to do. I mean, you you talked earlier about Jeff Cobb. Mm -hmm. Uh, Phenomenal, like, Like that's just amazing for Jeff. Somebody who is is with like the NWA and of honor and, and, you know, kind of, loving of that. for him to, to be able to come over and, and start doing some more work with new Japan pro, especially in this type of a tournament setting is mm-hmm. phenomenal.
0: Okay. Well, let's go through the first uh, day of matches here, Carl. Now the, the really, really uh, interesting thing with this is the G1 almost always to the best of my knowledge has always taken place right in Japan. This opening night, did not take place in Japan. This took place over in the United States of America, over in Dallas at the American Airlines Center. That is pretty yes. monumental and really telling of uh, you know just even more so of uh, New Japan venturing over into uh, over into the uh, the North American market. And what was really interesting too throughout this match was that um, the the audience very much felt like a New Japan audience in the uh over in the u.s it didn't feel like u.s fans watching a do japan match like the, the, the audience they were acting like that they, they were they were into it and into it in the right way it wasn't like a, it was like a wwe crowd there
1: De- definitely you're right with that i mean the whole ambiance of everything from uh the setup from the ring setup from the uh you know, the ramp set up to the big screen set, everything had a Mm -hmm. New Japan pro wrestling feel to it. It didn't have a North American feel to it. And that really came across. And I think because of that, the people really kind of understood. And those diehard fans who were there in attendance Mm -hmm. know about the New Japan product and the fans and how they uh, handled themselves and react as well. So I think as maybe solidarity, uh, from the American fans or from the North American fans, they gave back to the Japanese fans who there were multitudes of them in mm-hmm. attendance as well. And they really just kind of made it like a brotherhood of we support New Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, this event isn't without its criticism, especially from the uh, diehard WWE fan lately who was like, well, you guys criticize WWE shows for having really low attendance. Uh, There were a lot of empty seats at this place. What people need to understand with this particular scenario, and it is very unique, okay, is that this, I guess, it took place at the Dallas American Airlines Center, and this is New Japan, and this was being aired through Access TV. This place did not cost them a dime to run. Thank you to the Mark Cuban connection. All profit straight from this event. So that's something to, to take yes. into account there. They didn't have to pay for the venue thanks to the connections there. So this is still a win regardless.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. All
0: right. So, and how this tournament is set up, Carl, like I said, we have 20 wrestlers set up into two blocks here and everybody in their separate block will face each other. And then the two people with the, the, with the person with the most points on either side will face each other. And then the winner of that will face the current champion at Wrestle Kingdom. Now there's a catch though, because the current IWGP champion Kazuchika Okada is in the tournament. So, having said that, if he wins, which is very, very likely, that he will then get to choose his opponent at Wrestle Kingdom, which adds an element of surprise and intrigue there as well.
1: Oh yes, definitely.
0: Definitely look forward to see how that all pans out. And it's not really cut and dry there, which I like. There's uh, there could be a potential for the element of surprise there. So. This isn't really a pre-show; how they kind of did this. It was just kind of the beginning of the event. Here we had an interesting combination of some some veterans mixed in with some young lions, which they call the uh, kind of the up and comers in over in Japan. We had Ren Narita with Jeff Cobb versus Shota Umino and Ishii. So uh, Narita and Umino, um, the young lions, teaming up with these two guys, and it was a really good opening. No, um, oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. There was a match before yes, that. There are. <laughs> yes, we had uh, Rapungi 3K, which is Show Yo versus Grills of Destiny, Tomatonga and Tongaloa. That was the kickoff match, and always entertaining to watch the Grills of Destiny in the ring. They, they're just their are hard hitting, all attitude. I've yet to watch a match that is not exciting with those guys.
1: And I mean, the two of them have been staples with New Japan Pro Wrestling for a long time now. And yeah, I mean, they, they came out there. They put on a phenomenal show with Pongi3K. Mm-hmm. They bested them in this match. I mean, Tonga Leao hit a super power bomb from the second rope, yeah. which allowed then yeah, Tonga cool. to grab the win, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, just phenomenal matchup to start off
0: the show. Mm-hmm. And showing you know, they um, they're junior heavyweights. right So the fact that they are able to somewhat kind of hold their own against you know arguably one of the better tag teams in the world, it's a bit of a bigger guy. I mean uh, that's uh, impressive in itself. Oh, yes. accomplishments. So of course, Gio getting the win in that one. Then we got to the match, which, uh, I, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit here. We had uh, Jeff Cobb and Shot- and uh, Ishii with the partners of, uh, Narita and Umino. And like I've said before, the New Japan, I really like that the way they go about this with their, um, with their up and coming talent, they refer to them as young lions. And a lot of times you'll see them, you know, they really have to kind of earn their stripes and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, or in their keep, like a lot of times, you'll see them around the ring as well. Um, sometimes they use them for spots and like that. And then they uh, and they dress them all pretty much the same. They have the, the standard kind of black trunks, you know. And they and they, they kind of build them up over time. I've always really, really liked that approach to that. And then putting them in with two veterans like this just resulted in a very. Um, it was a, a really good, solid tag team match, and then they get to learn from these guys that, are, that have all this experience. It's just, it's, it's a brilliant uh, approach the way they do it. I, I, I really like that
1: to kind of go along with that a little bit, you're talking about the long, young lions and that, you know, they kind of come out all in the same, the black trunks and stuff like that. Yep. It's, it's almost, and this is kind of something that everybody really knows about in, in like karate, right? You, you go through your stages, you start out as a white belt, then yep. you go to the yellow belt then you go to the orange, then the, you know, all the different colors throughout. And this is almost kind of the same thing as a young lion. You start out in your black trunks. That's all you get. You have to earn to be able to change what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. And that is done over time as you train, as you get better, as you, uh, you know, make those wins over the veterans as the Young Lions. So I love that approach as well. It really Mm -hmm. kind of shows the humble beginnings of and then them working their way through.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, they really have to earn that gimmick and then they really kind of build themselves over time. And then they really earn that at the end of the day. And, uh, I know it's probably virtually impossible for WWE to go with that approach, but, uh, definitely not making a comparison there. I just really dig the new Japan, uh, we have doing that. I've always respected that. And, uh, Narita and Cobb getting the win over, uh, Ishi and uh, Umino, there's so, some good stuff there. Uh, yeah. Next up, we had representatives from the Bullet Club. I'm sporting their gear uh, as we record here. We had Switchblade Jay White and a friend of ours here, uh, Chase Owens, versus Yoshihashi and Hiroki Godo. Um, I'm always going to be a, a Bullet Club, Mark. I always uh, dig watching the Bullet Club guys in the ring. And a, an interesting combination of, uh, of Chase and, uh, and Jay White.
1: It definitely was. It's not a tag team that we have seen uh, very much of, mm-hmm. but the two of them worked together seamlessly. If this is something that we continue to see in the future, I will definitely be happy with that. Um, unfortunately, they did not pick up the win, no. but still this was an amazing back and forth match between all the competitors mm-hmm. and it was, it was just very well done. And I was, I was yeah. excited to set. I'm still excited to go back and see it again. Yep. Uh, like it, it was just phenomenal.
0: It's still the interesting thing with Jay White here, because he was, you know, pushed, you know, really, really hard kind of hard and and up there pretty fast. And it's almost like they, uh, did that kind of out of necessity at the time. And then now it's like the, now they're going back and then building him up the proper way. I kind of get, you know, that they wanted somebody very similar to, to Kenny in that spot. And, uh, now they're actually going to go back and build him up the proper way. Cause I, I think a lot of people, myself included felt that they jumped the gun a little bit with him, but. Then again, at the same time, you know they didn't have a whole lot of choice there, so I get it. And uh, hopefully, now they can really, really develop his character into something really cool.
1: Yes, I one hundred percent I agree with that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So next up, we had. One of the stranger matches, I'll, I'll say, for uh, for the evening here, we had Jushin Thunder Liger, of course, one of the most legendary wrestlers of all time, and Juice Robinson and Toro Yanu versus Bushi, Shingo, and Naito, which, of course, is Los Ingorbanables de Hapan. Lots of shenanigans going on in this match, girl. <laughs> Lots of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the, It was the comedy was. match. I mean, it mm-hmm. was...
1: It, it was almost like uh, a dot, dot, dot spot fest. Yeah. Um, just uh, lots of flying all over the place. Lots of, as you said, shenanigans. Lots of, you know, just just weird, different things happening. Not saying that necessarily it's a really bad thing. No. But it just, it seemed very out of character, especially for... Like Juice and Thunder, Liger, uh, Juice Robinson, Mm -hmm. you know, it just seemed very out of character, Um, almost comedic at times, and I don't know if they were really trying to go for that, but that's (laughs) kind of how it came across.
0: Well, I think whenever you have Toriyanu in a match, comedy will ensue, whether you like it or not. So, (laughs) and of course, uh, you know our very own uh, Michael Jargo from hitting the marks here. Again, his mind was likely blown during this match because Toriyano rolled the guy up to get the pin for the team, and everybody's kind of going like, ah. Uh? Even though this has happened several several times, Yanu has pulled this crap. They're shocked every single time. It's uh, I guess therein yeah. lies the joke. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. yeah. It's typical Toriyanu, and um, you know he's in the G1 tournament itself, so I'm sure there'll be more of that kind of uh, craziness as well. You can almost bet- sure. count on that. So yeah, you can bank off. <laughs> so going from that to something that I think, again, is also very unique to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I am talking specifically about the referees. You know, the, the two most uh, popular ones in there are Tiger, Hitori, and, and Red Shoes. When those guys come out to the ring, they get cheered almost as loudly and as, almost, uh, as much as uh, the actual talent. That, that's uh, something yeah. that uh, I really, really enjoy about New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's the respect factor.
1: Well, that's exactly what it is. It's just that respect factor because everybody knows in a professional wrestling match, it is nothing without that referee there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have referees in absolutely every sport that is out there. Yep. You need that. And and the referees, they go out there as well and there are times where they are taking pretty big bumps yes. <laughs> with these guys in the ring. So why is there not that respect for them? Mm-hmm. And New Japan Pro definitely gives that respect and gives it properly.
0: Yeah, because they are an integral part to the professional wrestling match. And another reason why I'm bringing this up is coming up at the end of September, there's going to be what they're calling the fighting spirit tour. And it's going to be taking place in Boston, Philadelphia and New York city. And this is going to be Tiger Hattori's retirement tour. So he, after this tour, he yeah. will be calling it a career. And one of the greatest referees in their professional wrestling business is going to be hanging it up. Um, wow. Uh, this uh, kind of came out of nowhere and I love the way that they, that they pitched this whole thing. It was, it was great.
1: Yeah, again, it just comes down to that respect thing, right? Like, yeah. for, for a wrestler, you, you would definitely understand something like that, right? But to see that for a referee, yeah. it's, it's never, never seen. And that just shows the amount of respect that the uh, New Japan pro wrestling community has for these referees
0: yeah absolutely okay let's get into the meat and potatoes of this uh of this here let's get into these eight block matches here first up we have a doozy riff right the back curl we have will osprey versus lance archer who is showing back in the g1 after five years of being away B- wow <laughs> that's all i can say <laughs> um the right before the bell even hit, you know, Spanish fly right off the bat. Um, Osprey does this flip out to the outside and actually clips his head off of the apron and then, and then Archer puts him through a table with ease. It wasn't your typical Japanese table, which is probably hardwood, you know, but, uh, they, uh, you put him through that table with ease and just, wow, this was like a hard hitting Archer did this undertaker like, rope, uh, rope walk, he even he went further, he probably went halfway around the ring. I was just, it was high impact, high octane. These are the kind of matches I like to watch.
1: I do have to mention first off that everything that we talked about before was kind of on the G one card. Mm-hmm. And now coming into this, they actually call this the G one proper. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> really the, the tournament itself is called the G one proper. And that's what we're into right now. Yep. I have to say, will Ospreay, I like <laughs> he's been around. you know the name. you, you know you know the face. Yep. When Lance Archer came out, mm-hmm. I had to do it. I'm like serious what? Yeah who what? <laughs> That's Lance. Wow. it was such a change from what we've seen before because we've seen Lance Archer as Lance Hoyt. Before in, you know, a couple of different promotions, Um, probably most notable would have been uh, in Impact Wrestling Mm -hmm. where um, he was with Christy Hemi for a while and they were doing like that uh, rock and roll type of gimmick. Uh, But that's how I remember Lance Hoyt. Mm -hmm. So to see him come out with Lance Archer, which he's used before, but to like my my word my word
0: intimidating I mean, right
1: that that yeah it, just that uh, uh, like a mane. he's got like this <laughs> yeah. long red mane on him i was like wow like this is intimidation factor taken to the next level right now mm-hmm. and this match if you if you don't see anything <laughs> else on this card yeah check out this match because it was so well done Mm -hmm. back and forth. Will Ospreay is a little bit of a smaller, smaller guy compared to Lance Archer, but held his own and really like it stole the show. The two of them Mm -hmm. going out there. And again, we're coming, coming from like, I don't want to say pre-show, but we're coming from like the first part of the show to now the G1 proper, yep. this was the match and the best way to start the G1 proper.
0: Question for you, because we know that there was the social yeah. media battle with uh, with uh, Osprey and Seth Rollins. Do you think any of that kind of fueled this uh, fire in this match at all? I, I would say, yeah. Um, to a certain extent.
1: It, it, it might have a little bit. I mean, honestly... <laughs> I, I I don't think that Will Ospreay even cares. No. I think he's just this is it was just an avenue for him to kind of get his name out there a yeah. little bit more, you know, and, and especially to, you know, the diehard WWE fans who don't watch anything else but the WWE mm-hmm. and now they're going, Oh wow, this guy's calling out Seth Rollins. Yeah. Who is he? What does he do? Where does he wrestle? Yep. And now you've got people that are watching the G1. Bingo. Because of. Yep. Right? So I think that that's all that that was.
0: So yeah, Lance Archer, surprisingly, getting the win over Osprey. Didn't uh, kind of see that coming, although great win for Lance Archer. And excited to see uh, what he can do. Because, I mean, another example of, dude, Like he, there's so many great matchups for him coming up.
1: There definitely is. And, I mean, being gone for five years and then coming back like this, the, the yeah. phenomenal for him. It really shows that he still has that dominance to him mm-hmm. and that he has not missed a beat. Yeah. So phenomenal win for him, and I look forward to seeing what else comes.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of big guys, next up here we had Evil versus Bad Luck Folly. Just a big man man, Just two big guys. Just beating the crap out of each other. Just good old big man wrestling. That's what this was.
1: It definitely was. But I mean, it's, it wasn't your typical North American style. It was Not necessarily, really no. Much, yep. Yeah. Like it just, it felt different mm-hmm. from two big men, but it felt right.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's
1: the thing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we saw, you know, bad luck, foul, eh? mm-hmm. get the win over evil, which I'm okay with. Yep. I'm okay with. Um, Unfortunately, it kind of seemed like it was you know one of the night's weaker matches.
0: I, I would but, agree. Yeah.
1: But I mean, other other than that, yeah, still a good match. There, you really can't fault very much of it.
0: And most notably, too, no interruptions or shenanigans with the ball club in this. Which I mean, he, uh, you know, Bad luck, folly, you know, on the G one. Typically, you know, there's usually always some kind of uh, stuff that goes on there. You know, there's there's run ins. Uh, I believe last year, I don't think he hardly won any of his matches because he just got DQ'd from all of them essentially. So good to see that uh, he did this and kind of did it on his own, which uh, I think, uh, who knows if that's telling or not, but uh, still a good win for him.
1: Definitely. And right now, I think that it's good that we don't have any of these run ins, that we just have some good one on one matches here. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of let things play out a little bit. If we want to include any type of run ins from the Bullet Club or from any other group that is out there, let's do it in maybe a few rounds down the road to kind of, you know, then offset some different things. But right now, not needed.
0: No. Next up, we had my, actually, my match of the evening. We had Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata. Um, If you want to sit down and watch just technical wrestling at its best, this is your match.
1: It definitely is. I mean, these two honed their craft so well in yeah. this match so good to see zach saber jr you know like in in this as well um just, just phenomenal i mean yeah. the two of them going out there like it was fourth, just one beaten on the other and that comeback story this was good between the two of them continuous throughout this match the the reversals like i mean there were so many different reversals in this it was it blew my mind but they were done so well that you didn't really even care you were invested in it going Holy crap, we just saw five reversals in a row, but they were so good.
0: Yeah, and Zach plays that bastard British heel character to a T. He does it great, I and mean, he gets the, the the audience right in the palm of his hands. He, he does that so well. I don't, I don't think he gets the recognition for being a good heel yes. wrestler that, that, he, that he does. Now, in, in this match... Not necessarily in in this match, but something in particular I want I want to get your opinion on because uh, we saw a lot of technical holds and reversals and whatnot. What is your opinion on on the paradise lock as a as a as a, as a wrestling move done in matches?
1: Uh, oh, why not? Yeah, it's it's something different. It's it, it's something new in somebody's repertoire. Uh, why not? I mean, we're, we're always seeing the exact stuff done all the time you know mm-hmm. it's it's always seeing the rear naked choke or seeing you know a chicken wing happening or something like not to discredit the chicken wing because yeah. <laughs> i mean you know yeah. bob Backlund and 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 even marty skirl right one yeah. of my faves right now
0: yeah.
1: um but to see something different being used i love it i would rather see something new and innovative and and just a, a different twist on something happening than to see the same holds and the same moves all the time.
0: Mm-hmm it's one of those ones where you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit because it, it is a bit on the, the comedy side. You know, you're, you're rolling the guy up in the ball essentially. And uh, I mean, his hands are just kind of tucked in there. So it is one of those ones where you, like I said, you need to suspend your disbelief a little bit, but uh, it, it adds a nice little comedy, nice little fun factor to the match. And of course, you know, the shtick with Shinada is that he's the only one that's got the key to get out of the move. And he does the running, you know, baseman drop kick to the ass to get uh, you out of the hold. So yeah, no, it's just, it's, a, it's part of those things, and it, it gives him a little bit of comedy to his character, yeah. which uh, I'm definitely cool with.
1: No, it's it's, I am too.
0: Yeah. Okay, Carl. So next up, we had a really interesting matchup here. We have two guys that uh, have formerly worked in the WWE. Strangely enough, here we have Kota Ibushi versus formerly known as Hideo Itami in Kenta. This was an interesting matchup and a lot of uh, interesting things kind of surrounding it.
1: There, there was, you know, it, it was a typical hard hitting um, matchup that, that kind of happened. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, I I can't say really much more than it was a good matchup because it's unfortunately stuff that we've kind of seen before Mm -hmm. so it really wasn't anything up or anything that would that really made you you pop super huge uh but a good showing between the two of them and and i mean afterwards and i'm gonna put this right out there before you you mention anything kenta hoisted up his beaten foe by his feet Mm -hmm. hoisted him up to his feet And the two of them hugged out of respect for each other, which is phenomenal. I mean, that's something that you see almost as a cliche type of thing in the Mm -hmm. WWE because they've made a joke and a mockery of it, especially going back to the Daniel Bryan and Kane situations with the whole and the crowd chanting, hug it out, hug it out. (laughs) It kind of put a little bit of a sour taste on it. But to see these two do it, you could see the respect that they had for each other Mm -hmm. and that embrace kind of solidified a, I love you, man. Good match. Thank you.
0: Mm -hmm. You It very much uh, for me, felt like a, like a real showcase for, for Kenta, you know, because, you know, you've been gone for so long and whatnot. Uh, You know, I've even heard uh, some other um, shows and, and other people kind of, words that says it almost felt like a big kind of extended, uh, squash match with, uh, with Kenta and Abushi. And and I think you could kind of make that argument to a certain extent. Uh, you know, Ibushi didn't get a ton of, uh, of uh, offense in there, but I, I, think that, you know, in the bigger scope of things here, I mean, Abushi was probably more than willing to, uh, put Kenta uh, over to the crowd, you know, given the scenario and whatnot. So, uh, regardless of how you feel about it, I think it's still a win and, uh, I mean, Kenta back in, in New Japan, and you could see uh, the effect on his body, uh, his time in WWE. You can still see that scar in his shoulder. I mean, that, that is a horrible, horrible-looking scar on there. And very, yeah. very telling of, of his time in WWE. You could tell that, uh, yeah, he had some bad luck and some injuries and whatnot, and uh, that dude just never had a chance to really shine in WWE. Not at all. So good to see him get a win in the first round of the G1 here. Now, yes. going from that to the last match of the evening, I mean... This could be your headliner for any big wrestling show out there, regardless of whether it's WWE, whether it's New Japan, or it's AEW, you name it. These two guys can headline anywhere they go. I'm talking about Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And dude, this is just in the first round of this G1, and we've got this match. And uh, yeah, just, um, I mean... if I were to make a modern-day WWE comparison, I guess uh, well, we'd have to wind the clock back a little bit. It very much feels like a New Japan version of Randy Orton versus John Cena.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely can make that comparison. That, that, I mean, 100%. Um, two of the top stars. And, uh, yeah, I'm saying it. John Cena, Randy Orton, top stars. Yep. Yep. I'm 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 only saying it once though cuz yeah I I don't typically say John Cena and Star in the same sentence but we're looking at this going we know these two guys we, we've seen them in main events we've seen them wrestle each other we've seen them wrestle everybody else pretty much on the roster mm-hmm. we know what they're capable of they went out there Put on an amazing show like they always do. This is a WrestleMania headline event
0: mm-hmm.
1: matchup. It definitely is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the best way I can kind of describe it. I mean, it wasn't anything hugely spectacular out of this world. It, it, would, it was just it was your typical good, solid New Japan Pro Wrestling match with two of the best in the company. That's about the best way I could describe it. I mean, in ten years from now, are we going to be talking about this particular match? Probably not. But I mean, you can't be one hundred percent knock it out of the park every single time, but you can still put on a good, solid match, and that's really what this is. It's a first, and it's a first round matchup too, right? So we got to keep yeah, that in mind. Exactly. You know, definitely. And, and at the end too, something pretty cool happened here. Okada talking to the, to the American crowd and he really got open. He was obviously already over with the crowd, but really endeared himself to the crowd and even was speaking some English to the crowd and even had a little bit of fun in there. And I thought that that was really cool. And the, the crowd reacted the way that they should have and it all just ended on a really good solid note.
1: Yeah, it definitely did. And I mean, uh, giving it up for Tanahashi, taking three rainmakers. Yeah. It, Three made to finally put him away. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Okada cutting a promo in English following his win, mm-hmm. saying that the G1 would return to America yep. and that next time he was there, he would be the IWGP champion. Yeah. So making some bold claims that he definitely can back up. I look forward to. The next Climax 29 that's going to happen from Tokyo's Mm -hmm. Ota General Gymnasium happened on June 13th.
0: Yeah, there's some interesting matchups on that one. Um, Moxley versus Tai Chi. I'm I'm curious to see uh, Moxley's first match in the G1. Uh, Yano versus uh, Naito, that's always going to be... Interesting, there's probably going to be some uh, shenanigans, obviously, in that match. But uh, for me, Ishii versus Cobb, I think, is the real kind of standout, uh, actual G1 proper match there. That's going to be two big hosses just uh, clashing there.
1: That's right. And I, mean, yeah. I do have to correct myself, J- Saturday, the 13th
0: 15th. of July.
1: Correct, yeah. Not June, but July. I'm, I'm mm. still a month behind.
0: Yes. <laughs> no worries. So before we, uh, we take a break here and go to our showstopper segment here, yeah, this is still kind of the first round of, of, of things here, but I figure we would uh, maybe do a little bit of a prediction here uh, to see how we think uh, just um, this is all going to kind of unfold, and we'll see if our opinions change and how it all kind of happens here. Who do you see in in the finals of this thing?
1: Oh man. Um, that's, that's tough. I mean, I, I think we're going to see Lance, Lance Archer. I don't know if we're going to see him in the finals, but I think that we're going to continue to see Lance Archer continue to go through the ranks um, with this comeback that he's doing with the beating that he gave Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what we're going to see. I think he's going to be one of the big names. that's going to be there. Um, other than that, all the other names you you just kinda look at and go, yeah, they're gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna you know, it's it's just one of those. And I think that, that that it would be it would be nice if we saw some sort of surprise, you know, like Lance Archer kind of making his way up and collecting all the points.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of, of surprises, my, my prediction is probably gonna very much come as a surprise and pr- probably completely out of left field for what anybody's expecting here. So going into this thing, one of, the, one of the big notable things here was the absence of Minoru Suzuki in this tournament. So what I think that could potentially happen here, just, like I said, an out-of-left-field pick here, I think that Okada goes to the end, and I think that uh, he uh, will probably face up against you know somebody... I don't, I, I, who could it be possibly in that B block? I'll say maybe... Um, maybe like a Juice Robinson or a Jeff Cobb or something. And he, and he gets the win and he gets his pick of who his opponent's going to be. And I'm going to say that he picks Minoru Suzuki as, as his opponent in that, uh, wow. in that Wrestle Kingdom match because Suzuki, like I said, he made it very vocal that he wasn't part of this tournament. And I think that that's how he kind of weasels his way in there. I think Okada was like, okay, it's you, you and me.
1: That's a bold prediction, yep. and we will have to wait yep. and see. Because
0: there's nothing that says that if he wins, that he has to pick somebody from this tournament, if I'm not mistaken. So he, he could he could literally pick anybody. So unless somebody can prove me wrong that he has to pick from this pool of guys. Having, you know, so as long as that's not the case, then my pick could maybe possibly come true. Because I think that's that that right. would be a, a, an interesting matchup, to say the least.
1: Oh, definitely it would be.
0: Okay, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here, and we're going to come back with our Showstopper segment, and this is going to kind of revolve around, I guess, you could say professional wrestlers and privacy. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back here.
1: Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry. If you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pin, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media, and where you can be booked. And yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pinned.biz at gmail.com. That's pinned.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about pinned. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. It's me, it's me, it's an arm to me to beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And i invite like everyone to continue to tune in to Turbo Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, HittingTheMarks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.
0: All right, guys. Big Joe and Carl Carrafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk.
1: Yes, we are, guys. And we are at that special time in our podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at our show stopper segment. Yeah.
0: I almost thought you said we we're gonna we're at our technical difficulty uh, portion of the episode here.
1: Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there has been lots of technical difficulties <laughs> oh, today.
0: Ugh, one of those days where technology is not our friend today. But I digress here. Let's get to our showstopper. And this revolves around privacy and uh, professional wrestlers. And this all kind of stemmed from an incident that happened on social media. Where it looked like... Um, John Cena, he was out in public. It looked like some kind of hardware or jewelry store type of uh, thing here, and a just a random person started video recording him. And uh, this brings up the issue of, you know, is this kind of stuff cool, or you know, do these wrestlers give up a certain degree of privacy when they become famous?
1: See, this is something that's. Uh... it's all a personal thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, lots of people will say uh, you're famous. You're, you're fair game. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're going to be recorded. You're going to be photographed. It doesn't matter where you are, who you are. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you've got some other people like myself who tend to believe that there should be a little bit of uh, respect with that. I mean, Feel for yourself. How would you feel if someone were to come up and just start videotaping you or just start taking photos of you? You'd be looking at them going, what do you think you're doing? And then you're going to follow it up with punching them in the face. Mm -hmm. Most people. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm kind of local famous here. Mm -hmm. Um, that's been thrown around by other people, not by myself, but other people have told me that I'm local famous for myself. I haven't had that happen, thankfully, because I don't know how I would, I would really react. Um, Um, but if somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, are you so-and-so I'm like, yeah, I definitely am. And if they're like, can I get a photo? Can I get a autograph? You know, something like that. I'm cool with it. As Mm -hmm. long as you come up to me respectfully and say, hey, I listened to your podcast or, hey, I've seen you wrestle before. Do you mind? Right. But then there comes the the, the times where if I'm out with my family and we're sitting down having a meal.
0: Yeah. No, it's not the time. (laughs) Respectfully.
1: Yeah. Respectfully wait until the meal is over. Mm -hmm. If you need to sit there and stare at the table until we're done our meal. Don't make it noticeable to me because I will, you know, not be happy about it, but definitely wait until the end of something that's happening, you know, and especially this thing with John Cena. Had he he gone through this, this shop, wherever he was and mm-hmm. made his purchase and afterwards, whatever, then the fan went up to him and said, I know who you are. It would be awesome if I could get a picture with you. Would that be OK? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Cena would have been like, sure, Sounds good. I'm done mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Yeah, let's take a quick photo, right? Yeah, but but to do it uh, one without the person's knowledge, mm-hmm. and two just to do it to uh, just to do it. <laughs> no, yeah. no, definitely not.
0: Uh, not okay. In this particular case, you know Cena handled it pretty professionally. He handled it very WWE, and let's just put it that way. You know, where he kind of killed them with kindness. You know, he kept saying, "Oh no, no, thanks, you know, thank you for for not telling me before you started recording me." I, you know he didn't get he didn't get too pissed off. You could tell he was you know visibly, obviously bothered by the whole situation, but uh, you know he he held it very, uh, very, very low key. You know, and we have seen other. Scenarios too. You know, I mean, look on Facebook, and you've seen, you know, people like Sasha Banks and Finn Balor and stuff. Where you'll see uh, a fan picture with them, and then you'll see comments of people going, "Geez, they don't look too happy there. Uh, they're not very appreciating their fans." I'm like, they they probably got them after, you know, like a 12 hour flight, and then kind of cornered them and said, "Hey, can I get a picture with you?" You know, and they and then you see the the talent slash wherever and they have kind of that kind of glazed overlook or almost kind of like a like a Homer Simpson now the Simpsons kind of uh spaced out or, you know, glazed over kind of look. And then they, they wonder, oh, why do they look that way? Because you probably got them at the wrong time. And then they probably didn't really, you know, ask properly. You know, historically, I mean, even in this podcast, you know, we've interviewed several wrestlers and if you are nice to them and, and if you're kind and you, and you treat them with respect, they'll likely grant you a, a good portion of their time, but you need to go about that way. You can't just corner them and go, can I get a picture and take your video? You know, you, you, you got to approach it the right way.
1: I'm gonna let you people in on a little secret, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the best ways, I guess, you could say to do this, and especially if 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 you're too afraid to kind of go up to them, you see them in an airport or or something like that, um, stay back, snap a photo, and then like if you want to upload it to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, just kind of kind of put a caption on it going. Pretty sure I just saw so and so. Too yeah. afraid to go and say hi. Yeah, something like that. And then if it gets to that person, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, "Hey, why didn't you come say hi? Next time you see me, make sure you come over and and say hi." Yeah. Right. So it, it, that's that's a nice way to kind of go about it. So one, you're getting your picture that that you want. Yeah. It might not have been with you, but you're getting a photo to say, "Hey." that that that's my photo that showed them walking by yeah and then you're gonna get their respect going okay cool they were too afraid to come up and say hi to me but Mm. cool next time don't be afraid come up and say hi
0: yeah well some people too aggressively go but at a but at the route to kind of put yourself over in a a picture with somebody, somebody that's kind of famous, kind of a douchey way to go about it. Right. So, you know, like I said, you know, a little bit of respect goes a long ways. And in I'll say, you know, nine times out of 10, you'll get that respect back from said famous person or wrestler, whoever it is that you're, that you're seeing.
1: That's right. You definitely will. Um, and, and I'm one of those people that was too afraid to go and say hi. Um, we were actually taking a trip one time and, uh, we were in an airport and Mr. Jerry Lawler actually walked by with his wife. They Mm -hmm. were going to connect up to their flight, and, uh, I, I was, I was too afraid to go and say hi, but, uh, unfortunately I, I couldn't get a picture because it was one of those holy crap, that's Jerry Lawler. And then he's passed by and I'm like, (laughs) Um maybe I should get up and go say hi. And by the time I got up and, and kinda went down, they were mm. gone. Like I didn't even see them again after that. But it wasn't an illusion. Yeah. I have three other people that can say, <laughs> Yep, Jerry Lawler walked by. Yeah. Uh but yeah, like like those situations, I mean, that's a good way to go about it. You know, don't plaster it out there going, you know. Uh, Oh, I I tried to go and meet this person and they wouldn't let me or or anything like that, right? Like, don't don't do stuff like that because any famous person is going to want their fans to come up to them in a respectful manner and at the right times. That's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, you know, even just at some of these meet and greets at some of these events, sometimes I get a little intimidated to walk up to somebody yeah. and kind of introduce myself. You know, let alone, you know, say walking down the airport or something, where you know I've been to Toronto several times uh, in Pearson Airport and you you see famous people there on a regular basis, and you know that that's just not a time to. To bother somebody like that because they've been traveling probably likely f- you know for for hours or, or maybe even days at that point you know just there, there's good times and there's bad times to approach people like that and it's all in uh, in the respect and like I said at the end of the day treat them with respect and they will very likely reciprocate that back to you
1: definitely.
0: All right, Carl well that's a good way to wrap up this uh, very non-WWE episode thankful thanks to the, the G1 climax and uh, just the first night of that then we got a whole month of this stuff and there's going to be a ton of good matchups so looking forward to definitely talking about more about that but before we wrap up the episode this week let's uh, hear from our sponsors.
1: Our sponsors include collarandelbowbrand.com. I am wearing again my collar and elbow brand hat. Big Joe is always representing collar and elbow brand because he has the sticker on his microphone. He has some other things placed around his studio there showing collar and elbow brand created by our friend Al Snow. Go and check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com, some of the hottest merchandise for the profession. Think of it as the new Under Armour brand for professional wrestling. Check it out. Use our promo code JKPODCAST. Not only are you going to get 10% off your entire purchase, including clearance merchandise, but you're also helping our podcast. We get a little bit of a kickback every time you make a purchase. Please go and check them out. Make a purchase. Start wearing the gear that all of the famous professional wrestlers are wearing. And keep up with the latest with Collar and Elbow. We have our vape sponsors. We have two of them now hypecityvapors.com based out of the united states of america go and check out hypecityvapors.com they have some great flavored e-juice there available for you use our promo code jk podcast get 15 percent off your entire order Our newest vape sponsor in the city of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. They are located down on Queen Street. Go and check them out. When you are in there, make sure you mention Turnbuckle Talk and that you are a fan of this podcast, and you will get 10% off your purchase of e-juice and hardware from Silly Rabbit Vape Shop down on Queen Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada.
0: Awesome. And, of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, on Google Play, iTunes, CastBox, all those other podcatchers out there as well. And, of course, we are a proud part of the Roar Network and uh, presented at uh, thegrillposition.com. And, of course, we are... Happy to be uh, partnered with the HTM Podcast Network with tons of great content out there. Pretty much a a new show every day of the week there. So, some good stuff there as well.
1: And if you guys want to keep up to date with everything Turnbuckle Talk, make sure that you're checking us out on our social media accounts. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We can be found at TB Talk Pod on Facebook instagram and twitter all
0: right carl that's uh another week in the can here let's wrap it up and we'll see you guys on the next one
1: see ya real soon thanks for tuning in to turnbuckle talk this is Vinny da vinci here with joe and carl all your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast